so I say the word all the time, but I don't know how to spell it. Like, so you know how when you have like just a few letters and you Google something, there's an auto correct because it's always some company. Yeah. How do you spell Nazi? I know I'm close. How are you spelling it? <laughs> just, just tell me. <laughs> well, my latest attempt was N A T I Z. <laughs> Nazi. Wait, can you say it again? N A T E Z. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm just no, just, just, I'm just, 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 uh, just spell it slowly. N A T Z I. Z I. Is not what I moved to on take to. Take out the T and you'll get the answer. Well, see, I've tried so many different variations. Just take out the T. That's right, without Matt the T. Z. This is At the Nexus, episode 120, Sugar Plus Deluxe Aligning on Sunday, March 30th, 2014. And now, like the surface of the moon, this episode of At the Nexus is hosted by Ryan Rampersad and Matthew Petchel. Hey, how's it going? It's good, how about you? I'm doing much better than I was doing last week. Really? What were you doing last week? Well, I didn't. Last week I didn't have any sleep or anything else. No, hmm. I'm warm, I'm, I actually... You know, for the night. past couple of weeks, and any time you've come into the studio, you've been whining about how cold you've been. Well, so I now spend the majority of my day outside, and so I know I get to drive a vehicle every half hour. Or so. But that's only like a... Block. Block, and it never gets warm. Mm-hmm. And uh, But today, the thermometer is reading 65, and outside it's also just 10 degrees cooler at 60, and <laughs> yeah, addition and subtraction, I can do them. But no, no, I'm happy, I'm warm, the sun is shining, and it's no longer 25 as the, today's high. Those days are gone. It's spring, we're all happy, and it's uh, showtime. It is. Yeah. How it's was wonderful. your week? Uh, my week has been uh, good. I worked a lot this week. I, I noticed in the Domino's tracker. Did you? How? Well, we didn't We didn't get Domino's at all this week. So that's how you noticed. The, the yes. absence <laughs> of a tracker revealed the, the that implication. That you weren't around to eat Domino's. Oh, well. So I, I worked a lot this week. Now, let me let me tell you something about um, files. Mm-hmm. So when I say make a new file, what do you do? Depends on what program I'm in, but normally just control N. Control what? N. Control N? <laughs> control? Do you think I could tell somebody to use the control button? In a community education class. Um, file new? Yeah, it's got to be file new. And then, but what if I just wanted a new plain text document? You know what the standard method of doing that is? Open Notepad? Yeah. Or Notepad++ or whatever. You just hit new. Yeah. And that it just makes, makes a file. Yeah. Normal people, however, have a really hard time with files. And especially making new files. Well, I had problems with files and stuff. Like, um, it was very hard for me to learn how to touch things before you make them. Like, you can just touch a yes. file into existence. That's right. kind of weird. I thing. love that thing. Like, I use it all the time. Touch. Now, now, if you thought making files was hard, there's actually one that's harder. And saving th- them? No, actually, saving's pretty easy. People do that. Like, people have experience saving files. I don't know what they do to make them. But in they the can first... create it. Yeah, they I can d- save it. They just don't have the conception of making a new file. Well, so let me rephrase. They have the conception of making a Word doc, an Excel doc, a PowerPoint or something, mm-hmm. right? But a plain text document, how do you do that? This is going to start talking to me. I'm sure of it. See, I, I got around that because so, I don't send uh... – <laughs> wow, um, that's a helpful reminder. Yeah, it is. So, uh, hello, 816-419-2777. Did you go online and apply for insurance at healthcare.gov yet? Tomorrow is the deadline to not be penalized. And no, I did not. So, hi. Anyway, um, so people can't make files, but they can save them. But 
what's the bigger problem is they don't know where files go when they download them. Now, that's actually a valid concern. So, like, everyone's a little different. You know, you know, like in Chrome, how they have the little tray on the bottom when you download a file? Yeah, it's so confusing for people because we trained people for years to see that dialog box pop up from Firefox. The training and IE persisted. had a very similar one. Right. And nobody understands where files go when they are downloaded at all. And they have no well, way to find the, out. The nice thing about uh, what Chrome has done is you can just right-click and say, instead open of the open folder. the file, open you the folder. show location or open... Well, so that's what I had you show them, but then they still didn't know where it was. But then again, that's, that's Windows, because like, it, it hides things. Like um, It doesn't just show the path anymore. It just shows like libraries, documents, and then This all is the Windows other... XP, so no, false oh. problem. See, I, I, I thought you were in this... You know, Modern age? No. Nope. the last five years. No, no, we're not. So files like so that's what my class pivots around now like in the next iteration if i decide to do it it'll all be basically baking files that's right baking files that's my week files oh and then i had to teach intro to well i didn't teach it but i helped out uh intro to excel Hmm. it's a fairly decent class we had 14 people that's a lot for you guys bigger for us so it was nice to actually have people I really like low class sizes. That's I really like big class sizes. Do you know why? You get paid more? No, I get paid the same amount, but they can help each other. In addition to that, they can ask questions that aren't dumb. Like when one person oh, like like I when, can see that. Yeah, like when one person asks a question, they'll say like, "How do I make a new file?" Or a person will ask, "Where do I put this bracket?" because it doesn't seem to be working like I had expected. Like the questions that are dumb get pushed away and the questions that are intelligent come to the forefront. So it's like Reddit. Exactly. Peer review. Right. It's Just like that. Yeah. And it's not like Dig. Because it works. Didn't get and uh, people use it. burned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. No, um, also, the truck, I drove it here today. You drove the truck I here, I drove huh? the truck here. Wow. Um, everything is done, rebuilt, and is perfect. Um, little air in the brakes, but that's working its way out as I drive. It makes um, sense. Well, you're supposed to bleed it, but... Uh, it's a lot of work. No, it requires two people. Like I said, a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, to get you to like, hey, do you want to figure out what a brake pedal is? Like, I'm going to press them both, and we're going to see what happens, and then it's just <laughs> going to ruin everything. Yeah. That's why I'm not involved. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the help. Mm-hmm. Anytime. And uh, then I have an appointment on the Tuesday to get it aligned. Oh, really? Yeah. You doing the so, Tires Plus again? Yes. Mm. And because our city has decided to be more like the surface of the moon, it is... <laughs> Uh, a lot of people are having to get their car aligned this week. So I, I tried to get in today because they're open 9 to 5, but I asked them, I called them at 9.05, and they said they were booked through and through, and the only time they could get me in is Tuesday. Makes sense. At the earliest. So what time are you going on? 6.30. On oh, okay. I won't have any problems That's with uh, not getting there from work. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I really hope they can help me. Oh, I'm sure they can. Uh, well, I hope they don't just make it aligned. I hope they... So I put it on wrong, and I knew I put it on wrong because I, I can't... Put it on right. I hope they don't just make it straight. I hope they make it straight with the wheel. Oh, okay. Right. Which is going to be a little harder for them. I'm sure they'll figure it out. So this is why I'm going to buy their Sugar Plus Deluxe Signature Edition um, aligning. Um, so an alignment costs $80, but for $180, you can get the um, Deluxe Forever Sugar Coated Lining thing. So I can take it to any Tires Plus across the country, and they'll align it again for free. It's like a, as long as your truck is running, and I plan to have it for an eternity. Um I think it's a good deal. I'm sure you do. How much does it cost? Uh, 180. That's fine. I mean, so uh, two and 
apart alignment. Right, that's what I'm thinking. For it. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um. So. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Yeah, and so that way, when they don't do it right, I'm like, well, it's free anyways. Do it again, and I just troll them like weekly occurrence because it's already bought and paid for. They'll, they'll probably just go out of business. Well, you got to watch out for. There's those a ones. lot of them. It's a nationwide service system. I mean, collectively. They might even have them in Pennsylvania. Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah. Yeah. I'd look it up, but I don't have enough keyboards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm just waiting. Because, you know, tomorrow, like, right in the morning, we're going to get comments about the uh, show from somebody. Tomorrow? In a few hours? Nah, he normally waits till Monday. No, no, he waits until it's ready. Well, it's going to be Monday. Like, he his script will download it on demand in front of us. Yeah. And what is this it we're talking about? This is uh, At The Nexus, episode 120. You can find the show notes for it, because we're about to get into the news, at thenexus.tv slash ATN120. That was the best thing you've ever done. You caught on in real time. See, it, it helps to be you know, having a functioning noggin. <laughs> Turns out. Hey, uh, you know, there's a lot of news this week. Uh, so much of it's pretend and irrelevant. You, I don't know what your problem is. Like, you just think this Facebook thing is fake. Okay, we did this in the fringe, but we have to revisit this. All right, me. Do I use Facebook? No. No. Um, Sam Eberts. No. 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 He doesn't use Facebook. Um, Bailey. Does no. he use Facebook? O- Orvis. I don't know. I, I, I'm getting conclusive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, it's a, the only people who use Facebook are on the gaming show or have guested on the gaming show. Okay. Well, so in defense of that, that's true. But are the people on the gaming show actually have friends? Like because tons gaming of them. is social or something. No, because they're social and they're also gamers. Like, they're not mutually related. So, why would... Well, what I was getting at, why would a social thing want their own gaming console strapped to their eyes? Well, um, why don't we talk about what happened first, um, before we allude to hard So, the touches. Oculus VR, like, you know that thing we've been talking about for... What's it been around? Like, it was, we've been talking about it for two, maybe a year and think, a half. I, I think it's a year and a half. A year and a half? Yeah. Not um, very long. Yeah, but, so, it's a little startup that was uh the environmental strappy eye thing the virtual environment eyes right so it was via headset yeah but uh, that, that's uh, but of modern quality so you know they they existed mm-hmm. before yeah but they uh, never had snapdragons you know per se so true right but now facebook has bought them for 2.4 million i thought it was just two million. only when you read wow uh two billion yeah so um i i wrote this as if you would read it uh, oh me uh-huh. read uh-huh I know. Yeah. So, That's yeah, so Facebook thing. bought the company, not just the product, but the entire company and all the people who work there. Um, I don't know how big the company is. I'm thinking like 20, 30 people. That sounds reasonable. Um, for $2 billion. And, and so most of that wasn't in cash. Most of that was in stock. Um, some portion of it is in cash, but it's like... Because I mean, we know the value of Facebook stock. It's actually doing pretty well these days. It's, it's in the high 40s, I think. Um, so... $2 billion for a company that sells hardware and only $1 billion that, uh, for a company that manages your pictures, Instagram. That's, that's So what do you think about that? Like in, in the scope of Facebook acquisitions that are high profile such as this, what do you think? Well, it, it, it all boils down to what they end up doing with it. Like, so when Instagram came out, I think uh, the a- Android version had just come out and then a few weeks later, the acquisition for Instagram started. Because that was a social thing like they're it's in the it's in the same alignment of what they do mm-hmm. and and but, facebook wanted to capitalize on people's pictures and that makes perfect sense right but gaming okay so Is then that, before you go to the gaming what about the uh, what what about whatsapp so WhatsApp. that was 18 billion dollars which is 
nine times as much as this, and they don't have any hardware. Mm-hmm. They just have a few servers somewhere in Africa, maybe, and then they just have an app on everybody's phone. They don't really make money in a huge scope of things. Like, So it's 99 cents after the first year of using it. There's no ads. There's no in-app purchases. It's just 99 cents to have the service. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they had like 500 million users. So what? That's half a billion dollars a year. So that's wonderful. But for $18 billion, that's kind of suspicious. Yeah, it, it really is. Facebook's reasoning for that purchase was to uh, buy the app that had a higher interaction rate mobile-wise than Facebook itself. And again, it's still Makes in their alley. Right. Now, you ask the hard and tough question. Why would Facebook, a social-based company, want a headset? A VR headset at that? It, I don't know. So, there's a lot of things. Um, I, could, I could see you've been busy. Yeah. Wow. There, I, I, I've got these things somewhat prepared. So... Mobile is the platform of today, and now we're also getting ready for the platforms of tomorrow. And this is a statement from Zuckerberg. Oculus has the chance to create the most social platform ever and change the way we work, play, and communicate. The history of our industry, which is a very funny thing to say, is that every 10 or 15 years, there's a new major computing platform, whether it's a PC, the web, or now mobile. History suggests that there will be more platforms to come and that whoever builds and defines these will not only shape all of these experiences that our industry builds, but also benefit financially and strategically. So basically that boils down to making whatever the next mobile is. And Zuck clearly think thinks here that uh, it will be VR. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I should say clearly, though, because it's only $2 billion and not 18 Clearly yeah. the future in in the long term will incorporate everything that we've had up to now like we've been just suddenly lose newspapers we suddenly won't lose whatsapp we suddenly won't lose instagram it's not that vr subsumes it's just that it grows Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it it makes perfect sense Mm -hmm. but so so then you ask well what about everybody else so like what what did oculus vr think so um palmer lucky is the guy who founded the company so does he still going to be in charge so, you know, it's kind of like how uh, how does a company who has a CEO get bought by a company who has a CEO? What happens to the smaller CEO? Well, the Moto, Moto X guy still got to continue making – or the Moto – The Motorola guy. Yeah. But then he, he just a, left to Dropbox. Yeah, but he so, stayed around for a while. Yeah, a week. Was it only a week? Well, technically, I don't think they've actually been legally purchased by Lenovo yet. So, technically, oh, that he left right. before even then. No, I meant like when the Google got done. Oh, with, no, actually, the guy, Dennis Woodside, he actually was working at Google and became the CEO yeah. of Motorola. So there's fishy things there that don't equal. So uh, Paul Merlucky said in um, a statement of, like when the launch of Oculus VR and the Kickstarter went crazy, they he said that there's always a number that you would sell out to, but he couldn't think of a number. <laughs> you know, <sighs> and... It seems quite clear that the number was two billion. No, but he also goes on to say that the the culture of Oculus has a very specific vision for what they want to do, and Facebook offered the ability to support them, but without taking the uh, flexibility of their vision away. Uh, he goes on to say that there's a lot of things that the Facebook acquisition can do for them. So, for example, making cheap hardware possible. Um, Facebook has a lot of money, as you might have noticed. Yeah, and they love putting buttons on phones and they do. headsets. And so they can make money accessible to the Oculus team to make their hardware accessible to everyone. 
It's very important. Yeah. Um, you know, $350 for the dev kit is just fine for a dev kit. And then, so then what? $150 for a consumer model? Well, then let's go 50 with the Facebook model. So making it cheap, you know, $50 is only $15 more than a Chromecast. Yes, it is. So but that's not doing too well. It is doing very well. It's the best selling Google product ever in existence. Not the most money making. Best selling. Totally different. Is that true? Yeah, it is true. Mm-hmm. Okay. They actually had stock and supply, so it was a miracle. Did they actually sell more than they sold uh, GameCubes? Because that's how you used to compare. Or no, PlayStations. That was PlayStation your... 2s, yes. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so they also said that they can also build better hardware. So it's not just a money problem, but it's about having the resources to not just use phone-based hardware. They can actually make customized hardware. It's something Ubuntu can never do. Right. Who? The, 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 the edge phones and all the other stuff. They couldn't get... Ubuntu? They, they make phones? Huh. Well, not anymore. Yeah, they right. Couldn't, they couldn't kickstart, right? Yeah. Unlike like the Oculus. Uh-huh. So I think it's fine that okay. the, the, that they've done all this. Sort of make more sense to me now. Mm-hmm. But, of course, there's um, a Facebook criticism in all of this. Not a lot of people like Facebook. You hate Facebook. I don't hate it. I just refuse to use it, and I don't acknowledge anyone who likes it. You're talking to me right now. What? Hi. Uh, and I don't particularly enjoy Facebook either. They kind of um, kill things. But um, Notch, the guy who makes uh, Minecraft. Mine- oh, yeah, the, Minecraft the uh, joyous game that everyone loves. He um, was apparently working with Oculus a few weeks before this acquisition started. Uh, he was working on bringing a ported version of Minecraft so not the full version, but you know, like a custom version. Well, because you can't version. really do everything you can. With There's your no eyes. mouse. Yeah, you kind of need a mouse for Minecraft, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I guess you could just walk around in a pre-made area. That's kind of cool, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, if you had like a Wiimote with you too. But but basically, mm-hmm. Notch wrote this very lovely letter, and it boils down to he doesn't want to work with a company that's working with social. He wants to work with games and game companies and that he didn't chip in $10,000 to make an investment round for Facebook acquisitions. Ah. Uh, and that, that, that those are his italicized sentences. So I think that's probably the important part of his document. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I normally skip at the italicized. But... I, I don't know why. Cause that's the important part. So we'll see if this uh, changes anything. Uh, the uh, Palmer Lucky said that nothing in the short term will change, and in the long term, the you know the hardware stuff will be a lot better. Uh, are we going to be reading his resignation next week, or I don't know. That's kinda... and well, so clearly, this will spur other non Oculus clones to occur because we nobody wants a Facebook Oculus, right? Nobody wants that. What we do want is a third-party, large-scale company to become the next big one. If uh, if VR has to be important, we want it to be a company on its own. So a non-Microsoft, a non-Google, non-Apple, non-Twitter, non-Facebook, non-everyone else. We want it to be their own company. And Oculus could have been that, but they decided not to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now let's talk about a real company that does uh, mostly everything now. Uh, Turns out. Well, I was about to say like another software company but no 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 they've got all their own crap now yeah they've got hardware yeah so uh satin Nundala, um their new cceo it's, it's two cc's no. um either way so i guess he's only been doing it for 60 days yeah so like um at the time of the presentation on the 27th and i think it's the 30th now he said it was in the first 50 days so it's you know less than 60 days yeah. right now 
that's, a few days later. Isn't that amazing? He's moving along. It feels like it happened forever ago. Yeah. Um, but he's given his first keynote presentation, mm-hmm. and uh, he's introducing his mobile-first, cloud-first approach. Uh, yeah, he, office. Yeah. Office. We yeah. got Office for the iPad. I, office for the iPad. So could they? Could that product have been built in the time that he took command? Oh, no. We knew it wasn't. Yeah. No. So you can look at it. Um, and, of course, I don't. I, I, we don't have an iPad here to, to look. I would have brought it, but then I'd have to buy it. No, it's free. You can read documents for free. You just can't edit them. Yeah. Um, it's totally fair. I think that's a how great... How do you create a file? No, no, no. So you can put um, a file from um, you know your desktop just into your SkyDrive, and it'll just work. You just can't edit it. So one of the chief things I hate about the iPad is I can't get things on and off of it. Me too. Like, I can't. I got Box, but I can't it even do anything sucks. with that. Because everything works. It's sandbox. You, yeah, can't take, no. you can't store things. Right. It's horrible. Um, and with my limited connection because mm-hmm. i don't have the 3g or 4g like mm-hmm. i do on my phone mm-hmm. i have to be bound to my network mm-hmm. doesn't work so what were we talking about the ipad office so let's talk about satya nadella first with his oh, yeah. new CCOE. thing so before he got into the office presentation he this is his first time speaking really aside from that one video that we saw that one time oh give the whole tour or... the whole tour of one hallway that was an amazing hallway and he yeah. showed it end to end i i don't know uh, if that's true, but we're going to go with that. So this is his first time publicly speaking to a group of people uh, that were journalists, I guess. And uh, he says a lot of stuff, and so we should uh, listen to some of the things he has to say. Good morning, everyone, and uh, welcome uh, to our press briefing. It's a real pleasure and a privilege uh, to have a chance uh, to represent Team Microsoft today. Uh, it's uh, day 52 for me, uh, who's counting. Um, uh, it's been just an amazing, um, you know, uh, five weeks or so uh, for me. And it's uh, perhaps the most striking thing uh, for me has been uh, how, in spite of having spent most of my adult life, 22 years at Microsoft, uh, you see things uh, from a very fresh set of eyes and a fresh perspective uh, and relearn uh, the place uh, in some sense. And I think uh, T.S. Eliot uh, captured it best uh, when he said that you should never cease from exploration and at the end of all exploring you arrive where you started um, and know the place for the very first time. Uh, and for me that has been more true uh, than ever before. And, um, and today marks uh, that beginning uh, of exploration for us. Our customers want to know uh, where we are going, what is our innovation agenda, and our team is really ready for it. Uh, we want to talk about one aspect uh, of our strategy going forward. Uh, it's a very important aspect, and over the course uh, of the next couple of weeks and couple of months, we will come back, and many other leaders on our team will come back and talk about other aspects. And in all of that, you'll see uh, what the new core for Microsoft is and what our innovation agenda is, and most important what I want to key in on is what we as a company can uniquely do to serve our customers uh, better. And everything that we do going forward is grounded in this worldview, uh, which uh, I describe as uh, the world of ubiquitous computing uh, and ambient intelligence. It's an amazing... So he does that for about 15 minutes and then begins the more interesting part about the iPad. 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny to see when you look at first look at this table. It's just iPad, iPad, iPad. So I think there's an iPad Mini. No, no, an iPad Air. I say I get them confused because they look yeah. so similar now. And I think there's some kind of Mac product on the table also. And it's not one of the Apple keynotes because he has all the adapters hanging out. I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. So I, I did enjoy though, like. Um, he doesn't actually do any of the product demos. You can watch this video. It's on the Microsoft website. You do have to have Flash, not Silverlight. That's a plus. You can watch this other lady who works on one of the teams do it. And um, she she holds the iPad like, I don't want to break it. How do I hold this thing? You know, it's it's, it's amusing. It's a concept, people. Uh, so that was, that was fun. Uh, and... So if you look at the iPad app, it looks really great. It fe- it it looks very similar to the uh, Office, what is it, 2013 for Windows. Mm-hmm. It has that same look and feel. It has that flat UI, that Metro style likeness. New UI style. But it's not the icky kind that we don't like. It's the good kind we do like. It's the kind we appreciate. It's the kind that has functionality, not white space. Uh, everyone likes So like that. most Metro apps, I mean... Look at this, uh, look at this, uh, do you see any Metro apps here that I can open? That No, d- d- no, I actually, I don't. I don't see. Open your calendar. Where? D- left. I have to sign in for that. Oh! Oh! Uh, you know, I see how well you use Metro. Like, there are no Metro apps. Okay, so here, this is the store. And so the store has a problem. So, like, there's just a bunch of tiles, it's just a bunch of white space. Most Metro apps on the Metro store right now are exactly like this. They don't do anything, they're just white space. Office, on the other hand, for iPad, is not white space. It, there is some, but it looks really nice. Uh, so, you know, the file, the edit, the view, the review, you know, all those tabs that you're accustomed to in Office 10, you know, 2010, 2013, and so on. All those tabs are there. It looks really nice. It does really well. Uh, it, the Excel one um, can do all the graphing and all the stuff that you'd expect. And the PowerPoint one can do the uh, mirroring and uh, director's notes just as well. That's nice. You know, it looks really nice. It seems to be performing really well. And they also demoed pretty well the um, capabilities of the Office 365 syncing. So if you edit a document on your computer, almost instantaneously it gets synced over to the iPad version. And it's just, it's so smooth and so seamless that you'd almost never know. Hmm. So it's really nice. Now, let's talk about pricing because it's kind of an important yeah, factor on, on this. So... You need a subscription in order to be able to edit documents in your system. If you so you have a subscription to it already, it's just a free bonus. Yeah, it's just a free bonus. You can just start using it immediately. Now, if you don't have it, and by it I mean Office 365, you have to buy it. Now, I believe for a regular person, it's about a hundred dollars for five computers for a year. Mm -hmm. So, how much is that per license? So it's like what twenty dollars per computer then. That's really aggressive because you're getting, you know, Office. And that's so, more than enough for a single household. That includes Word, Excel, and PowerPoint. Those are the like, three primary things. Yeah. And that's enough for even one person. Like, I would just buy a $100 license for just for myself because I have a lot of computers, it turns out. What would you really need in all of them? I would like to have Office on all my computers. I'm going to have more soon. I hope you don't. Why? I need a nice Windows laptop. Look, it's getting, it's getting look worse. at this table. It's Boeing. Where I know. can we put the pizza? There's too many monitors on it as is. I know. Stuff. Even the bookshelf is devoted to monitors now. I'm going to put another like, monitor on that bookshelf, actually. Go straight to the wall. I don't have... We need another table for dining. In. Yeah, okay. Like, well, anyway. We can't eat and talk. So what, what Microsoft has done 
uh, with Office 365 on the iPad is that traditionally on the iPad, Apple would require a cut, you know, a the large thir- cut, the thirty percent cut. Mm-hmm. So a lot of companies, specifically, comes Don't to mind it. Amazon. They just wouldn't sell anything to you through the iPad. They would redirect you to Safari so that you could buy on the website. Now, what Microsoft has done is there that is the op- an option for you. You can go to the website just to buy through the website. But there is an in-app purchase you can buy. And so instead of being $100, it's $130 so that when Apple takes the 30% cut... They don't lose money. They don't lose any money and Apple is happier. Yeah. So it's it's great. And I think a lot of more apps, after seeing Microsoft do this, will follow through. Like, okay, you want to buy through this iPad? Here's your uh, 30% tax. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's, it's the fee hope- for having a nice platform. Yeah, I hope people don't buy it through them, though, because... A lot of people will. Uh, so if you go to the Apple website right now and you look at the top oh, leaders, you, I guess you it's can. already grossing a lot. Grossing. Huh? Yeah, it is true. You know, it's already grossing yeah. a lot. It's already the most downloaded app or something. It's very popular. People love this thing. You know, you, you can look at it. It's really nice. I'd love to review it sometime. Um, do you have a subscription to Office? I'll buy it. You'd, you'd buy it just for... I, I've got uh, credits. Credits. That's right. Formal term. Okay. Yes. So let's talk about the next big thing that happened this week, and that oh. was the HTC One M8 reveal. There was an event in New York. Uh, I'm not sure what day it was anymore. It doesn't it's really a few matter. days ago. Yeah. Uh, and so we now know the official specs that were probably already known for the most part uh, for the new HTC One. Now, what would you call the second version of the HTC One? HTC2? That sounds like a reasonable name, except that's not what they did. What could they have done? Well, they called it the HTC1 again. The next HTC1. Okay. No, no, they didn't actually do that either. So instead of saying the new or the next, they actually just put on, so you know, like the copyright symbol, mm-hmm. like it's a little symbol up to the top, or the trademark, it's up to the top. Mm-hmm. You know, it's superscript. So instead, they had a subscript next to the one. In parentheses, M8. Because M8 is the code name of the device. So the original HTC One was the M7. This one is the M8. Presumably the one next one is the M9. They might go to the M10. I don't know. So we have here a lovely phone. You can look at the pictures. It's all metal. You know, the same metallic aluminum body. It looks really nice. You know, it looks kind of like uh, uh, a very thin iPhone. In that sense, instead of that thick brick that an iPhone kind of is, uh, it is 5.76 inches tall, which is pretty tall for a phone these days. It has a 5-inch screen. It has the same boom sound speakers. That's what they call it. Yeah. Boom sound. People are saying they're really good. They are really good. You can listen to them in the review video. And uh, they sound, you know, like speakers. You know, they sound really good. Um, you know, compared to the Nexus 5's one-sided speaker, um, yeah. pretty much anything would sound good. Now, uh, what you do lose by having those speakers, of course, is the what is known as a compact phone, 5.7 inches tall. That's It's huge. really tall. Now, it's not much wider than the Nexus 5, but it is so much taller. Uh, and I'm sure you could really feel it if you hold it. Now, in addition to that, it has something weird. It has two cameras. No, front-facing and uh, rear-facing. That makes sense. No, no, no. It has two rear-facing cameras. So you can hold it in landscape or in portrait. Well, so it turns out the camera that you see in the pictures that's on the top isn't really a camera. It's a secondary focusing mechanism. 
Is that what they're calling it? No, it's not. But I, I don't really know what they're calling that camera. But together, it's the duo system. And so the idea is that you take a camera with the main sensor, and then the second camera captures depth information so that you can rescale or refocus or redo something after the picture has been taken. That's actually pretty cool. So, for instance, if you take a picture of somebody in front of you, and then there's also something behind them, you can focus on the thing behind them afterwards. So that's a cool gimmick. But did they really need a camera dedicated to do that? So, in other words, think about the next version of this phone, the HTC 3, otherwise known as the HTC One M9. Just think about what this device will be like then. Will it have three cameras? I think it would have to. Or will they drop it after concluding that this is a waste of time? But is it? Do we, I, I don't know if it so actually you, works. So, right. So we, gotta we, see. we haven't seen enough pictures. Now, here's the thing. Uh, if you recall the original HTC One, they decided not to go with the megapixel race system that everybody else uses. Mm-hmm. You know, 40 megapixels, 50 megapixels, 1 billion megapixels. No, instead they decided to do something different. They're using ultra pixels, which are essentially regular pixels that are just bigger. So instead of having, you know, tiny little pixels, they have a much larger sensor, but just a much smaller resolution. Which, that's fine. So it's 4.1 megapixels, I believe. But according to most of the, you know, sightings here on The Verge and uh, and Gadget also, they say the camera just isn't that good. Mm-hmm. So it does great in low light, but if you have any other light, like if you have a room like this where it's not low light, you have a room that there is light. This is really low light. This isn't, you know, average phone taking. This is perfect. This is not low light. This is low light. If the light was off, this would be low light. That's low, low light. Li- no. Yes. This is this whole room. That's option A was lower, lower, lower light. But no, no, no. You've no, been no. to my room. Yeah, I have seen your room. Yes. Like the sun is that, low that, light. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is uh, that is accurate. So. They're, 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 they have overexposure problems, I guess, and hmm. I, I don't know. I do love the metal construction, though. It's, that is a nice-looking phone. Isn't it? It looks really great. Now, they also did some new tapering. So previously, if you've seen my MacBook Air, you know the edges are pretty sharp. Yeah. So the HTC One original was very sharp on the edges. They've curved the metal frame here a lot to get rid of those sharp edges, which I think is pretty nice. Yeah. Um, they also have improved the battery life significantly, uh, which I, apparently is such a big deal that everybody's just raving about it. It went up from like went up forty percent or something. Well, it's taller. Appar- apparently, that makes a difference. Uh-oh. Now, in addition to all those things, it also has two gig- two gigabytes of memory and a Snapdragon eight hundred and one. Everyone likes the eight hundred one. Now, everybody loves the Snapdragon, but what did the original HTC One have? I, I can't recall. I can't recall either. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to look it Wikipedia. up. Mm-hmm. System on a chip, the Snapdragon 800. I mean 600. Okay. So it went from a 600 to an 801. Now, here's my problem with that. The Samsung S5 that just launched, which I don't think is being shipped yet, uh, has an 801 also. The S4, right before it, uh, you know, 4 or 5, the S4 had an 800. So in other words, year over year... An 800 to an 801 is not a change. So we're not waiting on OEMs to make a new phone that's actually equivalently faster. We're waiting on Qualcomm to release the 805, which is technically faster, but through their numbering system, you wouldn't think much faster. Yeah. But it's a shame. I don't know. It's still a really fast phone. Yeah, it's it's the same speed, technically, though, as the Nexus 5. 
Now, so then the next part is the price. Well, the price. So it's the same one ninety nine subsidized or seven ninety nine or whatever, six ninety nine unsubsidized. Yeah. So it's the standard price so uh, scheme. Now, in addition to this, and I don't have a link, but I will put one in later. There is a Google Play edition that will also be coming out immediately. That's amazing. Yeah. That is surprising. So cool. it's it's I don't know if it'll replace the original or not. I presumably it will. I mean, why wouldn't it? Uh and uh I think that's really nice that they're going to re- be replacing it. I think it's going to be uh mm, 6.99 on the Google Play. Oh, it's it, yeah, it, it could be really expensive. Yeah, it yeah, sounds like it's going to be. I don't I don't I don't have any. Oh, so, uh, so uh, apparently the old model has dropped in price, probably to drain supply until they can get it out of stock. Uh, it has dropped to four ninety nine. So you can pick up an HTC original one for cheap right now through Google Play. Yeah. By now. Nah. No. Yeah, it's kind of what this I'm thinking. This isn't one that I would get. No. That LG G two. That looks. But bigger. you might as well just wait for the G three because yeah, I hear it's going to be even better. In- yeah. Not too much longer for that either. No. So let's talk about some other news. Let's talk about the Moto G. Oh, your your personal favorite endorsing phone. To tell other people. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it is. So the Moto G was released in mid-December, and just four months later, it has officially become Motorola's best-selling smartphone, so says Motorola. However, they declined to give any definite sales numbers. Now, they made the Droid line, as you might recall, you know, the Moto Razor and the Moto Bionic and the Moto something or other. Yeah, I remember when the Razor was the coolest feature phone you could get. Right, but even the more recent rebranded Droid Razor. Yeah, those were... Like, that was really popular when it came out, and, and of course... And all commercials were just the spikes and the lasers. <laughs> yeah. Droid. Yeah, and just... So those commercials fueled the propagation of Android in early on. Yeah. And and of course those phones were very popular on Verizon and I think only Verizon. Um you know, yeah, it happened. Yeah. So it's actually pretty impressive that the cheapest, lowest spec smartphone sold by Motorola was also coincidentally the most popular. Wow. And most purchased. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that all of this was part on part of people in the U.S. buying this. Apparently, a lot of these sales were driven in other countries, specifically India. Other people's fault. Yeah. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, if you ever bought an ebook uh, from Amazon between 2010 and 2012 um, from a variety of publishers, um, mostly most of them, uh, you might have Amazon book credits waiting for you. And so, they're going to expire in March of 2015. Yeah, so you got a year to use them by now. Yeah. And so I got this email early this week telling me I had some. And you know what I did? Archived it. So did you, It's just did, like the music credits. I so can't figure out how to use did them. Did you look how much it was? Like... Oh, I must have bought a lot of books. So the publishers that are in particularly being targeted here are the Hatchet, the HarperCollins. Good work there. Uh, Simon & Schuster, Macmillan, and Penguin. I think we buy a lot of Penguin books. Yeah, they're the uh, gunslingers. Um, So the uh, credits I have uh, obtained somehow was $7.52. So I must have bought a lot of books between 2010 and 2012. Yeah. How, how, what was your credit again? Uh, $7.52. Yeah. Man, why, why can't I search my email? Man, crap. Well, I would tell you what I got, but uh, it's I too mean, hard to I, find. If you just click my link, you'll find it. Just click the link in the docs and you'll get to it. I doubt it. No, don't doubt. It just is. 
So if yeah, you... no, no, I don't have LastPass. I I can't. Why don't you have LastPass? Because I don't trust your computer. You might fire shoot me or something. I don't know what you used to use. You don't have fi- Firefox on, and I, I don't I'm think using Firefox. I don't right. think the Fire Sheep vulnerability has existed in years. And I think this is a problem because you have that stupid double off factorization thing. See, I took the grid out of my wallet because I lost mine on my desk, and I have just been defenseless. And by defenseless, I mean useless because I can't get anywhere else. That's exactly what I was thinking. Not yeah. defenseless, useless. That's right. why I was trying to find it in my email. Okay. So anyway, um, let's uh, move along then. Yeah. Let's talk about Netflix. Remember that oh, nice yeah. discussion that Netflix and Level 3 were having about how horrible Comcast was? Yeah, yeah. Yes, well, our good friend, AT&T CEO, Ralph De La Vega. Any comments on that? No, he's, he's not Vega. Okay. He says, we have to provide additional capacity. So the only question is, who should pay for that addition? Should everyone pay or should Netflix? So, as you might know, AT&T, just like Verizon and Sprint in some areas, are one of the backbone providers. Mm-hmm. And should AT&T have to pay for the additional capacity or should everybody else? Or should Netflix? Well, AT&T gets their money because people pay them for the Netflix, so they're already getting their cut. Right. So they're already being paid for it. Right. So it it is um, the CEO of AT&T's opinion that Netflix should have to pay for Netflix's traffic on AT&T's network. But, so if they've been watching trends for the last they would have seen it coming because like 10 years people ago. People have been paying for Netflix. It's Netflix is the biggest streaming thing, thing ever? on Fridays ever. Pretty much any day, really. Like Oh, but have you seen what it yeah, is during it the week and then on Fridays mm-hmm. what happens? It's, mm-hmm. it's wow, people Netflix. You know, we used to do that. We didn't do Netflix, but we did oh, video. Yeah. You know. So, I think it's interesting that a, you know, so this is of course is not the consumer end of AT&T saying this. This is the backbone part. And uh, when asked if consumers should have to pay for this addition to... Because they are. Well, should they have to pay more to get Netflix through to AT&T? When asked, um, the CEO said basically that they shouldn't have to pay more because consumers should not have to pay for the backbone. But so they, what are they paying for? So when a consumer... What's the backbone without the front bone? Well, I no, like... Yeah, it's confusing. I agree. So when they say backbone, they mean the network core stuff, and they um, apparently don't care what consumers think about that. I don't really know how that works. Like, I don't know how the backbone. But if affects... the line is broken anywhere, it doesn't matter. Like, right? Exactly. All, it, they say that the backbone is different, but it's all the one, one line, yeah. all from AT and T. It's just yeah. Ah. So AT and T, man, buy now. Yeah. Well, speaking of buy now, um, why would you want to have streaming stuff when you could just render it all in real time? Right real here? time. All you need is three grand for the new uh, NVIDIA GeForce uh, Titan Z. Titan Z. 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 See, I'm so glad it wasn't a Titan one. <laughs> uh, me too. Yeah. Um. So it's got two Keplers in it. Um. So that's like two regular Titans. Yeah. Strapped together, making a Z. No, you can't make a Z with just two points. No, no, you can't. I think you'd need four, so yeah. it's suspicious already. But 5,760 processing cores. That's pretty impressive. That is, and 12 gigabytes of GDDR5. Yep. And I didn't put it in here, but it also has a uh, bandwidth of 300 and something bit bandwidth. So 
who's the target audience for this? Is it campy gamers? Because they can't saturate that. So I don't know who the target audience is, but NVIDIA is saying that this card is primarily aimed at people who have the need... <laughs> 12 gigs of DD. <laughs> There, there can't. Nobody can make a game to fill this because they, they'd only be able to sell it to a few people. Okay, so I don't think it's a game. I, 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 I think it's probably like you know, if you didn't want to pay the eight thousand for the Quadro workstation one, yeah. but you did need some intermediate performance level, this could be useful. But Nvidia is saying that this card is aimed at people who cannot fit eight regular Titans into their computer, but need eight Titans. Or, you know, some equivalent that they couldn't fit on a regular computer. So you could put eight of these in, right? And so then you'd have 16 Titans. That's too many Titans. Right. Or you could put four of these in, and then you'd have eight Titans. Or you could put three in, and you'd have six Titans. So NVIDIA is apparently saying that people don't have enough PCI Express slots and not enough bandwidth. So then why don't we just help them with that? Well... Most mother, I know you buy a little better motherboards, but even if you put them more in, it still maxes out the right. the bridges. Exactly, that's it, what I'm it, saying. You add PCIs and it doesn't fix it anymore. That, that, that's old right. world thinking. Exactly. So like, I don't really know what if that argument really. And plus, it's tiny. It, it's a pretty big like it's board. A, like it's but you can hold it in your hand, like the two Titans. Well, well like, I understand, it's not, but it's yeah. it still covers the next slot next to it. I yeah. Think. So I mean, if you had, you need an eight slot board to have four, so that if you wanted eight. You'd have to go down this route, and yeah, that's so. I guess you're spending three thousand on the card, right? So if you're already spending three thousand, you care not about price. Yeah. Now, of course, you could buy two regular Titans. I think the current generation is the Titan Black, but it's still a Titan. You could buy that for a thousand dollars, and then two would only be two thousand dollars. So you're paying an extra thousand for the the merger, and plus you probably have more monitors with uh, two. So uh, um. I don't know, um... Because it has... You can't... The, the cards are filled with outputs anyways. You can't... So I think... I think the... Yeah, so the... the Each individual Titan could surely push four monitors because it's just upgraded from this. Uh, but if you had one double deluxe Titan, you'd, you'd only, only do, be bound to four still. Right. But if you were doing this for NVIDIA's reasoning, that you didn't have enough PCI Express ports, slots, whatever, um, you wouldn't be caring about that anyway. I, I feel like there's a problem here that's yeah. artificial. Also, I feel like Nvidia just wanted to show off. That that's the thing. Like you know how car manufacturers build a car and expect two people to buy it. Right. Exactly. Um, and that's why they play the primo price. Yeah. Right. Instead of buying three Titans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty cool though. Yes. So uh, Nvidia also has re- not released, but at least been talking about their next generation GPU architecture, or system on a chip it is codenamed pascal we know what the current generation is it's a mix between kepler and maxwell you know that maxwell one just came out the 750 just a couple weeks ago uh the pascal will be featuring stacked dram which will increase memory capacities because you always need more memory right it will increase memory bandwidths um one of the problems that nvidia cards have is that they have pretty low bandwidth compared to the amd cards like an amd card might have you know, 256 on a regular budget card. Which is fine. Which is great compared to the 128, you know, half of 256 on a budget NVIDIA card. Mm-hmm. So if Pascal can boost up that memory bandwidth, that'd be wonderful. Uh, and it also additionally reduced energy usage further from even Maxwell. It... So uh, the future is going mobile, which is what everybody apparently wants to say these days. 
and their energy efficiency is going to be paramount in MacBook Airs and MacBook Pros of the future. You really don't think they're just going to go with Intel something? Uh, they might. It depends on if Intel fails or not. But they're not. How it's do you Intel. know? Like, we don't know what the performance boost uh, in graphics department is. They for said Broadway a lot. Yet. They're claiming a lot. Intel likes they're to claim... They're claiming that it's not going to be... It's all going to be in the graphics again. But that's what the, that's what we're hearing. We don't know if it's Intel's true. not AMD. <laughs> Oops. Like, I don't know. So, speaking of AMD, the uh, Pascal will also be featuring what is known as unified memory. So, you know that um, heterogeneous thing <laughs> that goes on in AMD APUs? Like, the graphics and the CPU can mm-hmm. share memory? Yeah. Apparently, that's going to be um, a possible with Pascal. They'll be able to share memory between the CPU and the GPU. But weren't they dissing it? Like saying, why would you want to share where you can have more? That was one of their... Yeah, but now they've done it better. So they're, they're, on, they're the same. Yeah, better. Man, I love NVIDIA. Yep, me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the Google. Um, so like, you know how the Google is always changing the policies for the Play Store and all their other things. Like you get a thing every once in a while saying that. But now all the developers are getting notified of the new Google Play policy changes. So the new policies enforce apps. Uh, so now as soon as the app installs, it has to clean up after itself because mm-hmm. they want to be less XP-like. Yeah. Um, and and that uh, goes for uninstalls too, of course. Because you yeah. know what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so now so there's a, the cleanup things and um, promotionals in the apps um, can't be deceptive. Like they have to be like, – they can't be lie-lie. So like an ad. An ad can't look like a fake part of the UI. Right, mm-hmm. so like it can't look like a system button. It can't look like a part of the functioning app because that that's deceptive. Very, yeah. Um, and apps with feature features um, through the AI IAP uh, must be disclosed up front. Right. So you so you know what I mean by featured features, like feature features. So like, let's say you had a, a an app that was like um, a drawing app, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say you got one brush by default, but the app touts that it has twenty brushes to use. Oh, the, and, Apple would hate having that. Right, but... Because whenever you get, like, the National Geographic magazine, it tells you how you have all this stuff, but then you have to pay for right. the magazine. But maybe that's a little bit different if it's siloed into a different That newsstand. was before books. Oh, okay. Or right. uh, newsstand. Yeah. It was... So, yeah. Uh, if you had this mythical, you know, drawing app, and it had one brush, but then it touted in its app description mm-hmm. that it had 20... They would have to disclose up front that those other 19 brushes are exclusively available through uh, in-app purchasing. So so uh, it's kind of a, a nice thing for normal people. Yeah, uh, I think it's really doing a good thing. Mm-hmm. Now, so what happens to apps that are pre-existing? Uh, Do they have to comply to this? I or? assume they'll have to comply eventually, but I'm sure there's some grace period. Of eternity? That's what I'm guessing. You know, there's no, how can you change what's already been on the phone? People don't update. Or... People don't update, but people who care about this but then don't update don't have an excuse. But in addition to that, I don't think Google will care for exa- apps as much that already exist. Yeah. Um, and if those apps do release updates in the future, I assume that this applies to updated apps. So if you have an app that isn't updated that goes forward, nobody cares. But if you have an app that gets an update, you should start complying. Mm-hmm. So Google also made a change to the agreement for OEMs that want to license Google Play, um, you know, the store that is, Google mm-hmm. Play services, you know, the part of Android that really everybody loves. The uh, boot screen now must be branded with the Powered by Android logo. Hmm. 
So if you purchase a new HTC One M8 or the new Snapdragon, I mean uh, Samsung Galaxy S5, um, you will see on the boot screen the uh, powered by Android logo on the bottom. Is that really a? I guess it's kind of a thing. It's a one. it's a new thing. Yeah. So. Uh, it's kind of an interesting thing, and so one of the things that we've been hearing rumors of is a new build of 4.4, 4.4.3, and I was wondering if maybe this branding on the bottom would simultaneously be there, you know, like if we were to get it, because right now my phone does not say branded by Google anywhere, it just just is. Well, it's a Nexus device. Right. So it would be interesting to me if that came with 4.4.3. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things that Google seems to be doing this for is to push the fact that people have Android on their phones. Mm-hmm. Not enough people know that, apparently. I don't know. Well, how can they not? I mean, they weren't reminded of it. But how often? So I cycle the power on my phone like every three weeks, four weeks. Like... Yeah, that's above a month. So yeah, how would I mean... you remember that it had anything to do with Google? You have a Nexus device. You don't count. You do this show. Your network is called the Nexus. Even your grandmother knows that she has a Android-powered device. Because it's not an iPhone. What else could it be? Okay, okay. There's no market so, penetration. No, no, she doesn't understand what an iPhone is. She does understand that all tablets are iPads, though. It's fine. Yeah, it is fine. But she thinks that because an app has the same icon in two places on her phone, so, you know, she accidentally dragged two Gmails, she thinks they're different. Mm. See... I could have a million of the same shortcut and never be able to find it. I hate finding things on the phone. Well, yeah, uh, and it's better than iOS, so don't don't complain too hard. Yeah. So what what do you, what else do you know? What did you do? Oh, I don't know. So, uh, do you remember those voice commands that were added last week for playing music and um, what was the other thing? I don't remember. Uh I don't know. Yeah, but there was a bunch of voice commands. Oh, yeah, opening the camera and camcorder. Do you uh, remember that? You probably don't remember that. No. I have pictures to prove it. So the uh, thing that Google is going to be adding this week to Google Now, because apparently this is going to be a weekly occurrence, is the ability to remind you to pay your bills. Bill pay, huh? So their example here is that you have an American Express bill coming up, and for $601.32, you need to pay it immediately, or you can pay the $125.32 minimum Mm. instead. Now, I don't know where Google will fish this information out of because certainly I will not be giving Google my bank account info. So presumably, just like their shipping system, somebody will send you an email and then it'll parse your email and then show you. Whenever Amazon tells me something shipped and I go to the now, just, oh, by the way, these are coming to you. And they never say it's been delivered. No. Like it's just... Then you just get that text message from Amazon instead. It's terrible. So one of the things I quipped about this, though, is that it would be so nice, though, if Google Now actually could tie into a real reminders app from Google so that I could actually make my own reminders. And not like that fake remind me now button, but a real one. Real. Like, I, I want to have a bunch of reminders, some that might be recurring, like every Friday, big week, time to do a show, but not really. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Sunday, actually. I've never had this many things. My drains stopped working. My truck stopped running. And... I'll ask about the drains later. So, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. What else? Google Now. Um, so the version of Now that's been in beta in the beta branch of Chrome is now rolling out to Windows and Mac stable versions. Um, it will uh, mirror whatever you have in your traditional mobile now, except perhaps location-based information, because you know how many uh, computers PCs have, have that? that. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> nobody. So it's kind of cool, isn't it? Yeah. Um, 
it's so I don't know if I have that version yet. Let me uh ask Google if it's I rolling want. out. Yeah, it, it's rolling out still. So, so if you want to try it though, you have to go into your task tray and there's a little bell and in in the notification thing here apparently this also will double as the ability for now. Which uh, should be cool. It could be cool, but honestly, as I mentioned yet again, is now actually really ever useful? Is Siri ever useful? No, like none of them are ever actually useful. Like I so wish now could be cool and useful, but it's not. Yeah. I just love how voice dictation has gotten so much better. Mm -hmm. Because like, so earlier today when I was talking to you, like my fingers were literally brake fluid. Like I was bleeding the brakes this morning. Uh, So do you know how I always do things and then look up how to do them? Of course. Well, I found out that you're not supposed to let it touch your skin because it eats away at it. And I even stick my hand down the <sighs> bottle because I had one of those O-ring, like, like you know, the things you have to, like, take the cap off. Yeah. And pull the, well, I was digging that out and stuff. I have been splashing brake fluid on my clothes and everything. Like, I'm literally the personification of brake-coated fluid covered. And my skin feels fine. I don't know. I don't even have that Dove Plus Care stuff. It's just fine. So I think the problem is you haven't been exposed long-term. <sighs> See, I'm not. They're saying don't splash it on you, and I'm... Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of long term, oh, okay. Google I.O. is not that long away from now. It is only in June, which is what, two months away now, basically? Yeah, because this 31st it, is it might as well be April. Yeah. So, uh, in, in honor of uh, June, there's always a Google I.O. sometime in the summer, and Google I.O. registration is opening soon, April 7th through the 9th. And unlike normal years, as we've mentioned before, they will not be doing the Click, 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 click method. Click fastest, click first. Well, yeah, because it always sells out right away. You know, in 12 minutes or two minutes or whatever. Instead, they are letting you sign up between this two-day period and uh, presumably with your name and Google Plus account. So presumably it's random. That's what they're saying. Uh, random based off of how heavily you use their product. I think so. Like, by giving you you have to sign into the Google I.O. page with your Google Plus account and then type in some stuff. And presumably then they can screen who would actually can, be a good candidate. They can look uh who will be good. And so a lot of people have asked, are there going to be sorting methods for determining? So like if you've really only reason to do it. Well, so but like what criteria? So like Do they do a podcast and promote Google? Yes. Turns out you Front know so line. student pricing is three hundred dollars. Non student is like a thousand. So students I'm a student. Good. Better be that forever. Anyway, so the uh, thing is, like, what would your criteria be for being selected? Something that is, you know, you is can... Is your YouTube account synced with their Google? Okay, so that's... Mandatory. That, that's... Oh, dear. I just refuse. But can you know? Yeah, I can. But you're not a YouTube content creator. Like, you don't have to have your Google stuff synced. Like, you do now. Yeah, I, like, I uh... don't. So, anyway, uh, a lot of people have said, like... Well, since the IO conference is about a bunch of developers, what if people did like the based on the number of reviews you've done? It's like that's a horrible idea. Don't do that. What if you've done how many apps you've released in the last ten years? Well, that's not going to work because most people who go there aren't necessarily developing apps yet, but might do it in the future if they go. Or what if you do it like number of apps downloaded and tried? Well, people are just going to game it. So there's no good way to do it through an app thing. Like, it might be a combination of that, interactions on Google+, and other things, or could just legitimately be random. Hmm. I would prefer if it was just random. 
Yeah, it, I hope it's random. Now, I also have another question. Since it is random, and if you get selected but then don't want to go, how do they pick the person who goes next? So, like, do they just have like a wait list then? So, when they draw the like, so let's say only 100 people can go, mm-hmm. they might as well draw 120 names at the same time. Right. So that's then, what I was thinking. And then whoever is 101 gets to go next. Right. Because there's going to be a lot of that. But I mean, the question is, do they tell those extra people beforehand? That no, no. Because so there's this is the I would hate to know I was off by one. That's that's what I'm saying. Like you're gonna go find someone and shoot them to fix it. Yeah, and that's so that's the other thing. They you have to be the person, otherwise, because then people sell on the black market. Like, hey, do you want to be Matthew Petro for the day to go to IO? Well, so it turns out that you can do that. You can do that apparently. So like, so everyone in the world's going to apply. So like, Leo Laporte has, um, you know, Leo Laporte, the Twit guy. Yeah. He 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 often has gotten a uh, IO pass. But then he doesn't go because he he doesn't like leaving Petaluma. He likes to stay at home and sit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also doesn't like big conventions and yeah. stuff. Like he's not a developer, so why why does he need to go? Like it's just not worth it. Uh, so then what he'll do is he'll give one of the other Android enthusiasts his pass and just go in his stead instead. Mm-hmm. Like so when um Glass came out two years ago at the two years ago IO, <laughs> 2012 <laughs> IO, um he could have been there to sign up for Glass. But instead, he just had his, you know, person sign up instead. And then he just gave class to that guy. That's fine. Because he doesn't care. So apparently you can share name tags all the time. That's good. Good. Mm -hmm. So Chromecast, the the thing that isn't very popular and isn't very selling very well on the thing. I don't know why you believe that. I I don't see anybody. Nobody says, oh, last, like when I'm in, when I'm in the lobby of the post office, I'm always like, oh, I'm going to go home and go to the Chromecast and see what's on the Chromecast or use the Chromecast. I never hear the word Chromecast anywhere. I think you have a lot of problems. And Chromecast is not the root of them. But Chromecast apps are beginning to diversify. Um, so like, you know, Google's uh, photo wall experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was like a way for people, for groups of people to sh- push pictures to each other. And then it could do the weird thing where it could like make it into a little YouTube video at the end um, of all the pictures that were pushed. I mean, that's all kind of cool stuff. Like there's... It is pretty cool. And in theory. I mean, so I tried it. Did it work? So... So um, I could show it to you later, but basically you are you click the app, it redirects you to Chrome, so it's not even in an app experience. Did that just flicker? Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh dear. I hope the recording isn't tainted. Anyway, um, the uh, the thing appears to go from the app then to Chrome. You have to sign in with your you know Google account, which is not trivial if you have LastPass, for example. So then you have to do that. And then you're given this fake website thing in Chrome. Like, it's never in an app, which is what sucks. So it's not like local sharing. You know, it's not like the dream that we had wanted. And it was there the first day. So what you have to do is you have to upload pictures on your device in Chrome to a something. And then it goes to the photo wall. And then you could see them. And so then they kind of just tile on the wall. And it looks cool. Like they have like a slideshow and a tile thing. It's cool. And what's also cool is you can crop the pictures. You can draw on them. And you can put text on them. All on the Chrome app thing. That's cool. But the problem is, turns out an 8 megapixel picture uploading to a remote web server is not tolerated by Chrome and or the Nexus 5. So it's very limited. So you... Can't have a like Nokia Lumia 900 like, with the huge. Well, good luck trying to even use Google Play on that. No, no, so. this good, the Nokia's are going to come out with the Android. Oh, right, yes, they are. That's, right. that's rolling out. It's, new. This, it's already out, isn't it? No, no, no. It's when can you buy them? Like, I don't think they're even being sold in the U.S. yet. 
Oh man, do other countries like those? Those are the Nokia X phones. They don't count. They're not real phones. Like the, you can oh, just yeah. you just smell the leg coming off of them. But when you can smell the leg, you can feel the leg, and that means you could probably see the leg. It's a full leggy experience. It's it's never before been that nice. Yes. So On a phone. so I tried it with my dad this morning, and the experience is not great. Mm. So I don't really. Not a big fan. Like it's slow, uploads fail. It's not wonderful. That, that's what I expect from a app that's in a browser. Browser. Yeah. Like I feel like yeah. if it was not in a browser, it would work better. But I doubt it. Actually, yeah. no. I do do think it would work better because then I could check to see if the upload failed and just do it again. Well, so when I take pictures on my phone, it's automatically uploaded, backed up. Yeah. So it would be nice if you could just share from right. there because yeah. it's already been I feel uploaded like, once. Yeah, I feel like there's something fishy going on, and I don't get it. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that's why it's just an experiment. Right. And it was a good idea, but just poorly implemented. Yeah. So I left a review on it, and I said that. Mm-hmm. So uh, do you have any plugs for this week? I don't, but I would love to listen very quietly while you explain one of yours. Okay, well, so I'm not going to plug uh, LastPass too hard, but there was a major LastPass update um, now, LastPass on mobile, as you might know, is kind of a weird thing. Like, you can't autofill text fields in, in most, pretty much anything. You, you have to either copy and paste individually, or use the copy notification. Those things are fine, but they're not very efficient. You could also optionally use the LastPass keyboard, but then you have to live with that stupid notification in the tray, and you have to switch keyboards a lot, and that sucks too. This week, LastPass has an upgrade, a major upgrade. Somehow, in Android 4.4 and to some extent 4.1 and above, LastPass will now, in theory, autofill apps and websites in Chrome using your LastPass credentials. So it's a really great, really great thing. Uh, I highly recommend using it. Now, of course, LastPass is only $12, and you have to have that LastPass premium for uh, that to work so not not a big deal but really nice really handy now in addition to that i i did want to talk about link bubble link bubble is probably the um second most important app i use daily the other being uh reader of course reader is what we get all our news from link bubble has changed the way our lives work now as you might recall link bubble uh, a few weeks ago was coming out but then there was suddenly some legal trouble, last-minute legal holdup. Now, we didn't know what the legal holdup was at the time, but we have since found out. Uh, Link Bubble is made by Chris Lacey. He's in Australia, and he was giving out some, you know, preview copies of Link Bubble to some of his close friends. Many of his close friends said this was the best thing ever since sliced bread, and apparently. They uh, said that the, he should really just put a patent out on the methodology he was using to make Link Bubble possible. You know, side loading links, basically. Great idea, right? And so he had to mull over the decision to release now or to patent it. And it turns out Australian law is different from other places. You can't have a product released and then put a patent out. You have to patent it and then release it. So Link Bubble was delayed for I think about a week, and then Link Bubble came out with a patent pending thingamajig for the process that Link Bubble does. So now I can tell you about Link Bubble. 
the the true experience. And to tell you about it, I'm going to hand you my phone with a link bubble open. Oh no no no. Uh, okay, fine. Yeah. So I, I think it's really great. So uh, here here it goes. So I'm handing you my phone. I've opened a link from Mashable, I believe. Now on the side of the screen, do you see like a little bubble? Uh, yes, I see an M. Yes. Yeah, so click that M on the side of the screen. So what happens when you click a link, let's say you're reading your Twitter feed and you click a link. Normally what it would do is it would take you out of Chrome and then or take you out of Twitter and then put you into Chrome so that you could read whatever link you pressed. Well, that's great and all, but it takes you out of Twitter for one, but then you have to resolve the TCO link, which is a DNS query, and if you're on mobile that'll fail because UDP sucks. And then you have to resolve the actual website. So you have to do two queries to get to one page especially if you're going through twitter i mean it might be better through reader but not much so what Linkbubble will let you do is it'll let you load pages in the background while you maintain the current place you are in your application so if you're reading on the timeline you can just open a bunch of links in Linkbubble on the side and then get to them when you want it's exactly like what you do with feedly on the browser and then you open them up in tabs in the background but there's an issue. What? So like you know how you said that like when you open something, it doesn't open open a browser and other other things. Mm-hmm. Can't play YouTube videos like that. But it, it takes you to the YouTube app. It still changes it. It forces you to. do That's stuff. different though, because there's only one way to do that experience. <laughs> only one way. Yes, but there is actually uh, some, something to say about that. What um, would happen quite often with YouTube on my phone and probably many other phones is that you would open YouTube as a link instead of as a YouTube. You know what I mean? Mm. So you'd open it in Chrome, and then YouTube for Chrome would load, and it sucks because then it plays as HTML5 yeah. instead of. So you'd open the browser for Chrome, and then have to hit the play in the app. Right, and that sucks. So instead, so it saves you a step. So it does save you a step. It goes right to YouTube, and in addition to that, it doesn't lose your place in the original app, which is nice. Which is nice. And you can also queue YouTube apps, app openings. So like it doesn't preload for you. But you can queue. So if you wanted to open three YouTube videos in a row, you can do that and then just pick which one you want at any any given time. That's actually pretty nice. So we actually have pricing now. Last time we talked about LinkBubble, we didn't know what the pricing was. Now, if I haven't convinced you to try it, the free price should. Uh, it's free. Did I mention? So is the pregnancy tracker. Yeah, but that's useless. And this is too. But it's not if you do any kind of reading on your device. I don't even have a Twitter yet. Yeah, you do actually. You just don't use it. I do. Did you fix that for me? Oh, on your phone? No, I did not. Oh. Get, I didn't get around to it. Let's <laughs> see, because I don't know. Yeah, I never know what you do. You could probably install a hundred apps, and I'd just never notice. You probably wouldn't notice, except for when I was trying to find the clock at when I was C. You had to put a lot of A apps in there for that to get pushed. I'm over. not gonna go through all that trouble. <laughs> So, okay. so LinkBubble is free, but there's a limitation on the free version, and that is you can only do one link at a time. So if you have the free mm. version, you can only open one at a time. So it's not that useful. But for the low, low cost of $5, you can get unlimited links. For eternity? Yeah. Or is it per year? It's forever. That's, that's, uh... So $5 to have a intermediate browser that loads things in the background. So it sounds like you bought it. I bought it instantly without hesitation, mostly because it was fantastic and I knew that I wanted it before he even made it because this is an application that we had for the Mac five years ago that nobody cared about because links weren't a problem on the Mac or in computers in general. But on a phone where the screen is one app, this is insanely useful. Yeah. 
So as you might know, this is inspired in part by Chatheads. That was the Facebook at home thing that came out maybe a year or two ago. Uh, it was inspired by multi-tab browsing. You know, there's clearly implications that this does. Uh, a lot of people have written about this. I think it got into time, like time wrote about it. Um, you know, all the major websites that cover Android have talked about it, which are who knows what Android and me. Never made into slash. Android.com. Android. Slash. Or nine to five Android. Nine to five Android is not real. No, no, but it should be. <laughs> nine nine to five Droid. No. So Link Bubble. Buy now. Use my affiliate link that doesn't exist. We should make that. Yeah. Yeah. Make an app for that. Yeah. Make make an app for that, huh? Make an app to affiliate the app. Make an okay. So uh, that that's my uh, plug for uh, Link Bubble. Buy now. Do you buy it yet? Uh, no. Why? I've never paid for anything on the Play Store yet. You know, so I thought I would never do it either because all the things on the Play Store suck, except the things that don't. Like, I will... So, I have $5 in credit right now for Play Store apps. Like, I have just credit loaded, ready to go for the moment's notice that I need to buy some app, and there just isn't ever anything. <laughs> you know, you're not selling this very well. No, there's just never anything to buy. And Linkbubble gave me the opportunity to reduce my $10 credit to a $5 credit. So uh, that was worth it. For that. I do. Yeah. A lot of people said that that was just too expensive, and I just disagree. Yeah. Oh, so one of the cool things that Linkbubble will do is so. No, I did buy an app. I bought Tasker. Haven't used it yet. Oh well, yeah, that was an expensive. How much was it? That was four. Oh. Three ninety nine, man. So, um, one of the cool things that Linkbubble will do is it'll tell you on average how much time it saves you per link load. So on average, it saves me about four seconds or so per link load. That's actually nice. Now, it also keeps track of your total savings of time. Oh. 23 minutes so far, and I think it's only been out for a week and a half. It might have been worth $5. I think so. Now, obviously, this will grow in time. So 23 minutes, like, that's a drop in the bucket for me because I waste that just sitting. Watch an episode of Bleach. No, because that's over. You you haven't seen them all. No, I haven't. I'm never going to because that PSP arc just turned it off. So, uh, 23 minutes I've saved in loading links. I, like, I read a lot more now. It's not even a podcast. No, it's not. Not on our show. Not on this episode. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what do you got going on next week? Well, next week, actually, we have something very important going on, and that is the Build Conference. Oh, it's... I, f- I felt like we did that last month. I don't think you were paying no, attention. No, we didn't. No, okay. So, that is the 2nd through the 4th. Yeah. So, right. um, very much looking forward to that. Uh, hopefully we'll get some, uh, information on whatever Microsoft and specifically Satya has for Windows. Uh, like, I really don't care what they do for mobile because I'll never buy into their mobile market, but I am heavily invested into their Windows ecosystem on the desktop pl- and laptop platform. I really could care less about Windows, but I can't because it's just so useful. I could not care less about their mobile division, though. Um, that's probably what the highlight is. They're going to be showing off Cortana for the first time. They'll be showing off oh, Windows. Cortana, Cortana, Cortana. We're looking forward to that. Uh, there's no more Balmer, so that won't be a problem. They'll also be he showing might... off... No, no, I he wish no, they would guest star. No, no, he, he will not be guest starring. Um, they'll also be showing off Windows 8.1 and all of the new features for that. And, of course, they might be showing off some Enterprise Azure kind of thing. I think there's some kind of rebranding or something that's going on soon. There is. Yeah, I don't know. I was reading about it, but I don't know what it means. In... Uh, hopefully they don't. Oh, either. it's going from Windows Azure to Microsoft Azure. It's the cloud that reaches a billion people. 
Isn't that Cisco it or say something? When Oracle over. Uh, no, but they, they had a they had a full color page in a Paper Time magazine mm. uh, about how they are the cloud that reaches a billion people, but they didn't have anything to back up their statements. Like, is it a billion people a day? That's just a billion people. It doesn't say when or how. It's but okay. For how long? Like, were they all by? I don't know. But like, it's got to be. I don't know. I, I just thought it made no sense when I looked at it. You know, it's funny. Like, if you gave each person a dollar that you wanted to reach, there'd be a billion dollars. So that's too expensive. Like, well, see, dollars don't this scale. This is why the mail is so good, because it's only 49 cents for a first-class stamp postage. And we handle over a billion pieces of mail a day. Yeah, that's what I hear, except my mouse. Oh, that's UPS. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Michael Bates is different than Mike Bates. <laughs> Turns out... I would have uh, never known. So, uh, what are you doing next week? Well... I'm going to have so much more free time now that I have my car of 100% fixed. It's good. I have an appointment uh, Tuesday I have to keep um, to have it fully aligned and re... Energized? No. I need the energy put back in it, yes. Yeah. So it can do stuff. But no, um, this tank of gas has never lasted so long. (laughs) That's a good way to look at it, actually. Yeah, no, the, the tank has been about half full for a long time. Two weeks, three weeks. Yeah, uh-huh. That is pretty good. Uh, next week, I don't think I have any midterms. I'm so happy to say. So that's good. Um, so uh, where can we find you on the internet? Well, you can find me at MatthewPetrel.com. You can send me an email at Matthew.Petrel at gmail.com or preferably your dream guy at NexusLabs.org. Remember, and... there's a dash in there because the dash makes me dash. Yes. And, of course, you can find me, Ryan Rampersad, just about everywhere, but especially on the Twitter, Ryan Amar, and, of course, on the Google+, Plus, which is where I use LinkBubble a lot. To read links people post and then repost those links that I read. Awesome. That's what I thought. Like, I think it's an amazing thing. Close the show notes. Why? Impulsive. Well, anyway, have a good one. I'm, I, I, it, it, incidentally, I'm turning into Twit more every week. Because it's... Sunday, and they record at 3, their time. Oh, by the time we get ready to go, probably before. <laughs> right. Oh, when's EB? Because we have... Uh... Nah, don't worry about them. Is that you have to know about them. No, so, so do you know what a normal queue does? First in, first out. Right, so that's what a normal queue does. What does a priority queue do? It lets you assign when something goes out. Right. So, in other words, if a king comes into the line, the king goes to the front of the line. If a or peasant gets pelted, well, right. So, if it's a peasant, they just go wherever. They just go in order. Yeah. Uh, unless the king anoints them as such. So, uh, so that... the king can anoint. Yes. Oh man, that's. Does king have a silent T at the end? Co Matthew. Co Co. Ah, oh, there's another word that goes after Co. <laughs> And there is a T at the end of host, and it wasn't silent. (laughs)